Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. I'm gonna die surrounded by the biggest idiots in the galaxy. You're a slacker. You stupid idiot! Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Oh, idiot! Game over, man! Hey, hey, careful Whoa. with that, Ronnie Millsap. We're downrange. What's the matter with you? I feel like a Kentucky Fried Idiot. Oh, I'll take it from here, nurse. We're putting the band back together. Forget it. No way. We're on a mission from God. Gentlemen, Ciccolini here may talk like an idiot and look like an idiot, but don't let that fool you. He really is an idiot. I was going to spend a night assembling the boys you, but this is holding my interest. I got that. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. Uh, This is episode 13, and today we're going from sports entertainment from our last episode to the NFL. My name is Todd, and with me as always, from the middle of America, live via a phone booth in Tulsa that broadcasts to Mars, the Ron Simmons to my Justin Bradshaw, somebody give me a damn... Damn. I give you the man they call Tim. <laughs> Damn! I, I will never do that justice the way Mr. Simmons does it, so I'm not even no. going to. No I one g- does. I gave it one shot, and that's about it. So Hey, I and I appreciate your attempt. Hello and welcome all. <laughs> as we can tell, uh, as we can tell all of our our fans and our thousands and thousands of listeners, we are basically just making an attempt, and that's really the best thing that you can say about this podcast. That's kind of a running theme. <laughs> it, it really is. It's all about the attempt. <laughs> there was an attempt. Oh my goodness. And that's it. So uh, we'd like to thank you all, first of all, for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Uh, feel free to share with a friend, uh, share with a family, share with an enemy. We really don't care because we have very low standards. So uh, feel free to subscribe on Podbean. You can also subscribe on iTunes if you happen to have come across this. Uh, Spotify, again, zero, zero progress on that. But maybe by 2020, 2021, we'll actually get into that. Uh, you can also Again, it's about the attempt. It's about it the is. attempt. <laughs> Unfortunately for that one, there really wasn't much of an attempt. No. I just, <laughs> I'm a slacker. What can I say? Uh, no, no. You can also su- subscribe to us on the social medias. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of those are at Free Range Idiocy. And uh, now we come to that wonderful part in our show where we ask probably the most important question of the night. Um, sir, what you drinking? To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Uh, I am uh, going to be nursing an old Fezziwig from Samuel Adams. So a little, oh, little yeah. uh, holiday old Fezziwig to keep, keep it real, keep it live, keep it... Keep it funky. What you gonna play now? Bobby, I don't know. But whatsoever I play, it's got to be funky. Yeah. One, two, three. So now they used to have that actually in six packs. If I remember, this is something like 20 years ago, though. Yeah. They used to to actually uh, sell that as a six pack, and then they just put it into their uh, winter collection, and you had to buy the entire thing in order to get, like, the two bottles of Fezzi. (laughs) Basically, yes. Yeah, you buy a... A 24-pack to just get, you know, three bottles of it, and then, you know. It's like one of those NBA trades. Like, they yes. you know, they make you take all of the bad salaries and the two bench players <laughs> in order to get what you really want. Exactly. 
Oh, they're oh. clever, clever, clever folks at they Sam Adams. And uh, what are you drinking, sir? Well, tonight I will be uh, enjoying Basil Hayden's Dark Rye, which is interesting because this is a Kentucky straight rye whiskey uh, that is blended with Canadian rye whiskey and port. Ooh. So it's it has a, a very dark color and a very different taste from mm. a normal rye whiskey. However, uh, it is it is I, I'm warming up to it. When I first got it, I was not exactly pleased. I have warmed up to it, and it is warming me up as we speak right now. Oh, I, I may start sweating by the end of the by the end of the show. <laughs> There's meat sweats and then there's uh, scotch de- uh, uh, sweats. Whiskey sweats. Wh- whiskey sweats, I'm sorry. Wrong yeah, liquor. Wrong liquor. Well, I, I actually considered buying some scotch today and then I realized I already have storage problems. I don't need to exacerbate those storage problems. No, you don't. No. So uh, today we are actually going to get into a topic that is uh, kind of erupted, you might say, in uh, New England sports circles over the past week. And it traces back to an article that uh, Tommy Curran, posted on NBC Sports, I believe, about a week ago, uh, a few days ago, whatever, uh, basically starting this panic over whether or not Tom Brady is going to retire or go on to another team, basically saying that <laughs> right now we are in the final days of of the Tom Brady era in New England and approaching Brady Armageddon, as you might, or, yes. or Brady-geddon, I guess yes. we could call it. And uh, needless to say, uh, New England Sports and New England Sports Talk Radio has taken this very well. We're all going to die! Oh, of course. I mean, just in stride, no worries, no... Who are we kidding? WEEI has been wheezing and gasping over this and clutching at their pearls <laughs> since the moment it was posted. And oh it's my they're, gosh. they're so happy. This is like the best thing that ever happened to them, really. Yeah. So... We kind of want to talk this through because even though I am I am a kind of uh, a lapsed NFL fan, if you will, um, I don't follow the league quite the way I used to or really that much at all. And we can get into that. The reason why at some other opportunity, because I don't feel like spouting off about it now. And uh, you, sir, as a productive member of society, have <laughs> a lot of stuff going on. So you don't have necessarily the time to spend on this uh that you I just have to, to say that, that that given you know the description you've just uh, laid out along with uh, prior discussions we we've had on this topic I have this vision of, of like a scene out of the Simpsons where it's like you, you have a super successful football team you know the Patriots after today's loss to the Chiefs are, are 10 and three yep and yet I have this vision of Springfield on fire with everyone running around and you know oh, just yeah. it's it's just you know Chaos and anarchy and dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria, you know, that there, sort of thing. There are people lining up at the Tobin Bridge to jump off. It's it's just, yeah, it's it's insane. There are 10 I mean, and 3 people. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> some just listening to sports talk radio over the last week, just, just for kind of that dark comedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That, that you just you can't quite it's it's like a it's like a, a sore tooth that you just can't keep touching with your tongue come it's to chicago sort of where people would appreciate a 10 and 3 record <laughs> oh they would they would they would make someone emperor for life if they could get a team holy, in 10 and 3 at this point holy it's it's yeah so uh, so sounds the, like we need to get into question number one. <laughs> yeah. Question number one, sir, and I, I pose this to you because yes, I think it's pretty clear where we're going to fall on this, but I'll ask it anyways. Yeah. 
is there a more spoiled fan base in uh, not even just football in all of sports than New England Patriots fans right now? Uh, the answer would be uh, no and no. There is not a more spoiled fan base. Uh, you know, I, I don't live out in Boston, so I, I don't have the the insights that you have, my friend. So I, I'll I'll let you elaborate on that. But um, but given the, the 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 little I've I've heard and and what I have seen and read online, it is it is amazing to me that given the amount of success that this franchise has had with Brady at the helm, with Belichick making the, you know, with, with him calling the shots, with, with an ever-rotating uh, talent base in the roster, and y- you hit a speed bump where you have two losses, and it's like, oh, the humanity, the, the Zeppelin is burning and is about to crash and hit the ground. It's just yes. incredible to me. We have seen, you know, I, I go back to 20 years ago when you and I were working in a warehouse at Service Merchandise, just hoping for a time when the Patriots could just be competitive and be in the playoffs. You know, oh, what I be mean? over 500 would have been a dream. And we have gone through an unprecedented run, uh, which, which I, I believe you will be elaborating on in a moment here with statistics, as you typically do. Uh, yes, uh, one and, of my true talents. Well, absolutely, and. It's it just it is amazing to me. We we have been very spoiled. We have seen success the likes of which no one could have ever dreamed as a Patriots fan over the last you know close to twenty years. And um, you know we're we're hitting a speed bump, and it's it is not the end of the world. And, and and yet we have a fan base that you know, and some of it is entertainment. Let's be honest. A lot of these sports radio shows. This oh, is yeah. the sort of fodder they live for because oh, these yeah. guys are going to go on for three hours pontificating. Oh, Glenn, Glenn Ordway know. went into heat. You could hear him <laughs> on the on the radio just panting, <laughs> panting. Oh, my gosh. Just heavy breathing. It was it was tough to listen to because you're just like, oh, I feel did, uncomfortable. Did they have the chest paddles ready in case there was a heart attack on deck? You know, I mean, Jesus. I'm pretty sure Lou Maloney had them ready. Oh my gosh! Unreal. Yeah. So, so, so if I could, if I could answer, please on jump my in. Behalf, jump in. Yes. Uh, is there a more spoiled fan base than New England Patriots fans right now? You said no and no. I will top you and go no, no, and no, and no one more time just to make it absolutely perfectly clear where I fall on this. And I would agree with you. It, it's it's not even close. There, I mean, second place is way in the rearview mirror. Spoiled is not even the way to begin to approach this so if we and and you alluded to statistics and because this is something that i just i try to at least put this into kind of perspective but it doesn't really even do that uh so we're going to talk not about because so often we talk about the beginning of the brady belichick era in 2000 because that's when that was bill belichick's first season as head coach of the patriots it was also brady's first year in the season however he was a rookie he did not start he had like couple garbage time appearances i think he had a couple pass attempts but that was it so there was no starts he didn't actually start a game until i think the third third or fourth season of the 2001 season so let's start with 2001 as kind of the beginning of his of his career and when he was actually responsible for the team so that do, do, that would do make tell his, and preach it preach it that, that would make this his 19th season so since 2001 we have had 16 playoff appearances. They've missed only one year, and that was when he was injured in 2008 after like five minutes into the first game. There have been 12 AFC Conference Championship appearances, nine Super Bowl appearances, which is a record, six Super Bowl wins, which is also a record, 
14 Pro Bowls, four Super Bowl MVPs, which is a record, three NFL MVPs, and zero losing seasons as a starting quarterback and a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> you know, it's telling that you can actually build that around that song. <laughs> the amount of stats you just quoted, holy moly. That is insane. As Bob Ryan once said, enjoy this, folks. You're living in the good old days. Yeah. That is, not, that is unprecedented. I would, I would put to you that is unprecedented, not just in, in, in NFL history, in sports history. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can come up with another set of circumstances because you have to account for the fact that there's been free agency, there's a salary cap, mm-hmm. there's there the game is in some ways rigged to make sure stuff like this doesn't happen that you can have a team when a quarterback can go half of his can go his entire career up till now and 50 percent of the time that he is in the nfl he's playing in the he's playing in the championship game yeah 50 percent. he is a 50 50 shot at the beginning of every season more yeah. or less, I know you could break it down, but it doesn't break out evenly, but he is basically a 50-50 shot to be playing in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And two-thirds, or I'm sorry, a third of the time that he's been in the league, he has won the Super Bowl. Yes. That's that's just unbelievable. And then you put just put to the fact that zero losing seasons. The entire goal of playing, of, of putting together a team, is to put yourself in a position to win. Mm-hmm. No one's done it better than the Patriots over the past 19, 20 years, period. And, and, and I don't think anyone's ever done it like this ever. No, no. I, I think this this puts them above. I mean, I, I, I would need to look at the numbers to, to make sure the, the numbers back the assertion. But it feels like, uh, given the numbers here, that this puts them above, you know, the franchises like Pittsburgh, like Dallas, yeah. well, San Fran. I believe – um, well, the records for the six Super Bowl wins, that's by a quarterback. That's an individual stat, I believe, okay, okay. and I, I would need to look this up. I'm pretty sure Pittsburgh has six. I think Dallas has six. So if, if New England were – the next New England Super Bowl would – Would beat, put them above that. Yeah. Okay. So, but, they, but, but, but for the consistency part of it, you know what I mean? Like, like the Steelers um, – you know, They won four in the 70s, and then they had to wait until, right. you know, what, 2000s? till yeah. they got the other two. Yeah, so so the Steelers dynasty, the Dallas Cowboys dynasty, th- those dynasties seem to pale a bit in comparison to the singular one that seems to be going on in New England. And yeah, one stat and I wanted to throw out, which I, I you know, again, we, we would need to be a little more. You, you at least went and researched and got, got some firm numbers here, but at least, at least three or four rotations of core offensive players over these years he's played. At oh, least certainly. three or four rotations uh, of, of guys. So how, how many teams have we seen who have undergone that sort of change with the same quarterback at the helm and still maintain that level of, of success is, is unprecedented? Damn! I, I would say none because you look at, you know, you go back and just look. I mean, because you've, you've got the other quarter. And let's compare quarterbacks, not necessarily franchises, because that's what we're really doing here. So Montana, Bradshaw, Aikman, who else? I can't think of any others. So Bradshaw pretty much had his wide receiver. He had Lynn Swan, I believe, the entire time. Franco Harris was there most of the time. Montana always had Rice, I believe. Uh, no, he didn't have Rice that first Super Bowl. Did he? Uh, I don't think he did. 
So at most, you're probably looking at one or two changes for those guys. Yeah. Brady has gone through that first that first year when it was like Troy Brown and David Patton. Mm-hmm. And then you get into the Deion Sanders, David Givens era. Mm-hmm. Then you get into that middle time when you have Wes Welker and Moss and no Super Bowls, but you have so you have you have Super Bowl appearances but no Super Bowl wins. Then you get right. into the Gronk, Jesse Edelman era. Julian. Julian Edelman. I don't know why I say. Oh yeah, Jesse. I went to school with Jesse Edelman. What's up, Jesse? Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. So good uh, recovery. <laughs> they, that, and I keep I do that m- multiple times when talking about the Patriots. It's, it's always a stumbling for me. Um, but so at least. What is that? Three major, yeah, shifts. Yep. I mean, it, it, come on. Yeah. It. It's. Uh, well, and, and you said Deion Sanders. Did you mean Branch? Gosh, are you serious? I did two. No, of them. it's all right. Hey, I knew I shouldn't have started the 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 rye before we even <laughs> got recording. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Nah, no worries. But. But, yeah, but, well, might as well just go full speed ahead now. Yeah, no, but but point taken. I mean, you, you've had um, Wes Welker, you've had yeah Julian Edelman, you've had Dan, Danny Amendola, you, you've had a number of slot guys who he's worked with. You've had Gronk, um, Ben Watson, um, yeah, like you said, Dion Branch, David Givens. I mean, the the the, the Troy Brown, the the um, breadth of talent that he's worked with, and you're absolutely right when you look at Montana. And you look at Aikman. There was a core they worked with. Yeah, and, and and it wasn't a rotation of guys while while Montana or Aikman stayed successful. They they existed successfully within the context of that core that they had, mm-hmm. and and not really outside of it. So so you know, bringing it back to the question, I I think uh, in in our very first episode we 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 talked about um, the best and worst about fans in general. Nice call. This back. is definitely. We we're definitely in the realm of the worst right now. Yeah, with this kind of reaction because we and, and I've said this before and we've talked about you know, the the New England Patriots and I've said this many times to colleagues and friends who you know here in Chicago who talk to me about it. We we have nothing to complain about. We no. have seen unprecedented success beyond any franchise that 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 has performed in this league. And when you come to this point where there's a, there's two losses like today, the, the the stat thrown out was well this was a uh, their their twenty one game home streak, which included playoff appearances, is broken now. And if you remember right, well, cry me a river. <laughs> they've had multiple streaks like that. That's that's almost a season and a half worth of victories at home. But the thing it's is, like holy this is the moly, first time like they 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 had streaks like this before in terms of like winning overall games yeah. and in winning games at home. This is not the. It's not like oh my gosh, they're never going to happen. I mean, this is this is like the second or third time they've had a streak of this kind. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like it, it, the fact that you have a ten and three team that people are like, the sky is falling. There, yeah. I mean, the expression that I think we used as we were talking about this before was, there is at least twenty other teams in the NFL right now, fan bases who would crawl naked over broken glass to get <laughs> this record with this roster. <laughs> And, and, and people in New England are, are so just caught up in this. that Oh, yeah, yeah. we don't have anyone good and blah, 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 blah. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Detroit is on the phone. They'd like to have a word with you. Yeah. Uh, you know. Patricia uh, wants his job back. <laughs> the Cardinals are on line three. They would, they would gladly trade. Oh. 
I mean, Brady now as an older declining quarterback, and yes, he is declining because as someone who is around the same age as him, I'm going to tell you right now, I ain't the same as when I was 23, and I was never quite as good as Brady was at 23. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't care about how much he's worked this whole pliability thing. Father time catches up with you. Uh-huh. Um, so this moves on to the second question because we could we could talk all day about how spoiled New England fans are. We really could, and yeah, I, we I could, could for, for, as, for as much as they want to talk about how bad the team is. Yeah, and I, I don't want to get to a point where I'm like Roman Reigns frothing at the mouth uh, at this point. Uh, I don't need to do that again. That's probably not a good thing. Uh, so let's move on to question two, uh, and that is basically what's the likelihood of Brady retiring versus going to another team at the end of this season? What do you think? Um, I, so I, I read, uh, Curran's article. I, I don't dispute the idea that he could leave. I just find it hard to believe that he would, because I think a lot of his success is not just on his physical ability and how good he plays, but also on the coaching around him. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Belichick I think their success is is very much it's it's like a Steve Jobs Steve Wozniak kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like I think Belichick has the vision and brains and you have Brady who obviously goes out on the field and carries the plan out. And 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 clearly has some very good instincts on the field. Could he play at that level for another team possibly? But given the way we see coaching in in other teams and how we see you know, going back to the first question, I think part of the reason you, you see people react this way when they do lose, whether it's in Boston or outside of Boston, is they've set such a high bar. Mm-hmm. You know, Be- Belichick has gone and, and put into place a system and a discipline that a lot of teams just don't have. Yeah. And and you see them fall apart pretty quickly because there isn't a, a discipline, whether it's on defense or offense, whether it's dealing with the media, whether it's, um, you know, in-team chemistry. Belichick has some formula that he has somehow perfected <laughs> with, with this team. And for Brady to leave that, you know, could he leave to just prove to himself that he could be good outside of that? Maybe. But I, I don't know that that's really the, the, the purpose or the motivation. Um, mm-hmm. It's just they, they don't have an extension with him. Um, he's taken um, numerous pay cuts over the years to, to help the franchise field a competitive team. Um, I would like, I mean, my personal opinion is I would like to see him retire as a Patriot. Um, and I think he would, but I just don't have, I don't have the confidence or, or, or feel it's, it's that likely that he's just going to walk away from the team. I think he has a lot of history with this team. I think he's going to want to try to stay. Um, but they do have a history of letting go of, of pieces when they're not fitting in anymore, you know, and, 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 and I don't know that that's the case with Brady. I don't think it's that he's not fitting in anymore. I think, they're just having a rough run this season because they don't have um, just obvious answers on offense for him where he mm-hmm. can throw consistently um, and, and with, with high success. And so I think they're going through some growing pains, which they're, you know, again, is, is not characteristic for this team. So, you know, if we have a speed bump right now, oh, well. Um, I think in all likelihood he'll stay. That's just my opinion. What are your thoughts? Well, so if you think he'll stay rather than retire. Um, so well, if we had three options. He, he oh, retires, sorry, sorry. stays, mm-hmm. or or goes to another team. Which do you think is most likely out of those three? If he doesn't end up staying, I think he'll retire. Okay. I, I don't believe he will go to another team, so it'll be one of those two. 
I think I, I would also agree that if he doesn't stay, that it would be a retirement scenario uh, for for similar reasons. Because number one, and we'll get to this uh, a little bit later, I don't think there's many good options for him. If he if he really wants to get a combination of getting paid like a premier player, premier yeah. quarterback, and also win, mm-hmm. I don't think those two things are going to go go along with each other. It's like that whole hey, you can have it fast, cheap, and good. Pick two. Right. Right. You don't get all three, and I think trying to get paid as a premier quarterback plus win is they're just not going to coexist. So I would say that if he does not leave, he's either going to stay or retire. Honestly, I think it might be closer to retirement than him staying another year. I think he might. This might be the just the the push to get him to to leave, unless unless just the end of this season ends up just there's a kind of that heartbreaking loss and he doesn't want to go out on that. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's, that's the way that I look at it because yeah. that might be enough to bring him back because honestly, as much as I hate to say this, I watched the, the Super Bowl last year and man, I could not figure out why you wouldn't go after that. Like you, you've already, I mean, I, I, but then again, I was saying that after the Falcons Super Bowl, right? Right. What what else can you do? You have just led the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. You've played in overtime. You've won. You just achieved this massive accomplishment. What else can you do? And then he played another two seasons, loses right. the Super Bowl, wins another one. At that point, I'm like, man, why wouldn't you call? I mean, you're you're really tempting fate right now. Why wouldn't mm-hmm. you want the John Elway exit just to right. go out like, you know what? Mic drop. I'm done. I yep. went out at the top. I think he missed that. And and I can under I mean hey he's playing with house money at this point so right you you go on with your bad self I wonder if you know if that wouldn't drive him or if it, if this if this you know maybe if it isn't a heartbreaking loss if it just sort of like fumbles to an end where he just wouldn't say you know what I just don't need this anymore I don't yeah I don't so I I would I would probably say the options in order would be stay retire leave. That would be how I'd rank them. Yeah, and and I I think that's that's how I would look at it too. Um, yeah, it it just I mean maybe it's me being the optimist fan um, of the team, but it just feels like a weird thing to just leave and go finish your career somewhere else um, to to retire. I mean I know Montana did it, but it didn't. Well, that go wasn't real his well choice. I don't think because well then again I don't really remember how that. Now that I think about it, I don't know if I remember exactly how that all went down. You're right. It may not have been his choice because I think Steve Young had kind of grown into the role and Montana was, I think, getting hurt more. And so yeah. I think it was just that kind of parting of ways. Um, I don't see this as much as, uh, you know, with Brady's situation, but he, he could just like I, I agree with you. That, like when this season started, I remember talking to, to colleagues and, and you know friends who were talking to me about it. it's like, why, you know, what is he playing for at this point? And, and, and it's a great question because I don't know the answer to that. Only Brady knows the answer. And I don't know if it's just, he's just a uh, perpetual competitor. And so he just, he feeds on that and he Mm -hmm. needs that. Um, I think that's part of it, but uh, you know, it it could be him wanting to go for that seventh to, to, to put the team completely over at, at this point as, as, the best of all time or this franchise as, as the franchise, mm-hmm. both of those seems likelihood. I mean, I've, I've always hung my hat on the undefeated season thing. You know, it didn't happen in 08, yeah. but you know, trying to make that. And, and that's, what's so funny is we're, we're talking about this almost like you're, you're trying to hit like stats in a video game. Oh yeah. You know, like you're, you're, you're basic. And you said it best. He's playing with house money at this point. Yeah. Most players 
as you said, would just die for the or, or, or would just, you know, work their tails off, as, as many of them do, just to be in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. let alone to win the Super Bowl. Yep. And for him, having done it now six times, it just feels like he yeah, he's playing with house money. So what, what, what is the next thing I can kind of achieve to kind of level up in a way? You know what I mean? Like like what, what's the next thing that I haven't yet um, accomplished that I could? Yeah. That also could be said for going to another team. If he goes to a franchise, you know, I threw out like Chicago, for example, and was to go and let's say the Bears were to win a Super Bowl, which they haven't won since 85, you know, that would kind of be a big, big deal, at least for this town. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that could be something he could hang his hat on. But again, do I have the confidence that he could do that on that team? I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I live in this town and I'm struggling to think of the wide receivers mainly because I'm not a big Bears fan. But yeah, but but I think you get my point is that I just think he he's driven by something and and money doesn't seem to be it because he's he's not ever made money part of what he's about. You know, well, he's, he's, he's sacrificed, uh, you know, for uh, a good portion of his career, at yeah. least from what I understand. But there are there are some some rumors now. And I think even Curran alluded alluded to it in his article that. He does want that payday. Like he, he I think I think it's more the kind of the status that comes along with it. Although the thing is, dude, you've made a ton of money. I mean, I even even just even as taking a discount all these years, you've made a lot of money. You've had endorsements. You had good endorsements. He's been very choosy in the endorsements. I mean, yeah. Drew Bledsoe back in the day would have advertised anything in New England, anything. And 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 Brady has been a lot more selective. And he's made good money. He's got his TB12 thing going. And, oh, by the way, he happens to be married to, like, one of the most successful supermodels on the planet who makes more money than he does. So it's not exactly like, you know, I'm sure that she's just like, oh, honey, that's cute, your checks. That's that's nice. That's that's <laughs> lovely. That's great. You know what? We can pay for that summer house in Bali now. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean... <sighs> I don't think I, I agree. I don't think it's the money net per se. I think it's it's the status that goes with the money. And that might be like what he, it's it's sort of like a bucket list thing. Like you, I think the video game analogy is is very apropos. I think it's yeah. almost like, but it's it's like video games now where you have those scenarios where it's like, hey, you're collecting trophies in your players, you know, uh, trophy room, and and he wants like the highest paid quarterback trophy or whatever. I don't. I'm not in the dude's head. No, no. And, and, and my only comment to that is not, not that I totally disagree with it, but the, the only thing that, that I, I look at is all the other evidence we have points to the contrary because mm-hmm. everything he's done has been done on the field. Yeah. And, and that has been the thing that he has tried to push himself and the team to, to do is to achieve on the field, to, to, to win, for, to, to make it for as many times as they've had. I mean, that, that stat you put up there about – what was it? Twelve AFC conference championships. I mean, sweet Moses. How how many teams can claim that? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and, and and so going and achieving all of that, it's all been within the confines of the sport, and it feels out of character all of a sudden now toward the end of his career for it to be like, well, now I want that big payday, and it's just like really now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> then again, I mean, but, look at uh, people. But he sacrificed, so maybe that does make sense because it's like, hey, I've kicked this can down the road. Yeah for this team 
Now, why don't you show a little bit of respect back to me for mm-hmm. everything that I've been I've done? I can see that. So that's why I don't totally disagree with it. It just feels a little counter to what I've seen in the past with him. Human beings are weird, man. We are we are just weird creatures, and and that we are. And stuff just comes out at the weirdest times. Oh, 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 so we we oh, now oh. head in, and we're kind of heading in this direction anyway. So question number three: mm. What is the best and worst case scenario for Brady going to another team? And 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 I think. Oh boy! For me, I'm and I'm trying to picture Brady because let's take him at his word. He said multiple times that he wants to play until he's 45. Well, his birthday is in August, mm. so he is 42 right now. He'll turn 43 uh, at, before the beginning of next season. So let's say he's got three more seasons because that would he would turn 45 at the beginning of what he would say is his final season. So yeah. let's say he's got three more seasons. If he doesn't like what he's dealing with now, he's not going to go to someplace that's rebuilding from scratch. He wants, right. and and this is why I think for him the perfect situation is he needs to find a team that is just a premier quarterback away from being a championship team or a premier quarterback and maybe one or two pieces that could be had in free agency. This is not a, a, a deal where, hey, we're going to draft a bunch of guys and develop them because we've already we already know he is not a fan of rookie receivers. Because it takes so much to get into the Brady circle of trust that no rookies since uh, Julian Edelman have managed to crack it. Yeah. Think about that for a minute. Yeah. Or maybe, well, maybe Gronk. Gronk and Julian, I think, were drafted right, not too far apart from each other. So Gronk and Edelman, really the only two to make it into that circle of trust. Edelman's been in, within the NFL now for like 10 years. <laughs> think about that for a minute. And, yeah. and realize that you're old. Death stalks you at every turn. Yeah. I mean, we know he is, he is not going to want to go to a, a team full of kids. Ah, ah, there it is. Death. And, and work with them and bring them along. That's not mm-hmm. his thing. I mean, right. in that way, he has a little bit of Marty Schottenheimer in him in that for all of Schottenheimer's, you know, regular season success, the guy couldn't develop a quarterback worth a squat. Just couldn't didn't like young quarterbacks brady does not like young wide receivers and and he doesn't like young receivers just doesn't because they don't know squat Mm -hmm. you know so anyway it's it's like dennis leary in draft day you know uh yeah which is a really weird way to take that anyways um (laughs) so are there any of those you know just win now situations out there for well, I, I I actually just off the cuff now because you know we talked about this a little bit you know before we started recording, but to to throw l- l- let me throw this into the equation as mm-hmm. well. So it's not just about him fitting in somewhere where the pieces all kind of fit for him, yeah. but it's also about do any of the teams that we come up with as far as best scenarios have the sort of coach that can game plan appropriately? Yeah. Yeah, because that that's another element to all of this that that I think has played into his success and doesn't get talked about a whole lot is and and I'm not taking anything away from the man, but there has to be an acknowledgement of he executes with perfection, but he's also not the one coming up with the plan. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he has input and I'm sure his opinion carries weight, but I have to believe at the end of the day, Belichick is ultimately the architect of the game plan. Okay. And so of the teams you've listed, do we have coaches that 
at least in some way, shape, or form, have some semblance of that skill that, that Belichick brings to the table. Okay, so let's let's take and add another condition to this, just because, well, I'm making this up, so I'm going to do it anyways. Let's sure. just say that in order for Brady to decide to go to another team, he is pissed off enough that he is leaving just to leave, and that okay. his, his standards are going to be a little bit more lax. He's not, he's not expecting to have another Bill Belichick there. So he's willing to deal with a, a, a lesser coach, maybe because he has, he's going to have a handshake agreement with the owner, like, listen, I'm doing my thing. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, I'm running my deal, almost like Manning did when he went to the Broncos. Like, hey, guess what? Guess what offensive system we're running? Whatever one I tell you, that's the system. Um, right. Maybe that's it. So let's just say that the coaching is a little bit more lax because I think it, number one, we would all have to say best coach in the NFL is Bill Belichick. And the distance between one and two is really wide. There's a big gap. So let's just say that it's a little bit more relaxed there. That being said, that is going to eliminate a bunch of people because that's a very excellent point because you look at Chicago. Yeah, maybe, maybe that would work. Who's their coach? Um, well, he hasn't been there that long (laughs) and and it's not like he has this resume that would inspire a lot of confidence. Right. Um, honestly, I can't tell you what the guy's name is. It might be because I'm on my second glass of, of Basil Hayden's, um, (laughs) cheers, (laughs) but I have a feeling that's not the only reason why. Yes. So the teams that I kind of thought of, and these are just the ones that came off the top of my head is Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, that's contingent if Big Ben retires. And and mm-hmm. let's face it, he's had enough injuries that that's kind of a yearly thing anyways. That guy, that guy could possibly retire whenever. Second one I came up with was, oh, actually there's four, uh, is Dallas. And that's if they're dumb enough to let go of Dak Prescott, which to me is the exact way to phrase it. They would have to be absolutely insane to let go of Dak Prescott and then sign a quarterback who's like 20-some-odd years almost 20 years older than him. Yeah. Uh, unless they are severely like Jerry Jones just wants another Super Bowl before he croaks kind of territory. Uh, but, by the way, Matt Nagy is the coach of the Bears. Matt Nagy. Okay. Wait, is he a former player? Why does that? Uh, was he one of like Favre's backups at one point? That sounds maybe. so familiar. Maybe. I'm not sure. Anyways, can you can you look that up while I'm just continuing to list these out? Continue, please. Yeah. So we got uh, Pittsburgh and Dallas, San Diego. That's if uh, if Rivers leaves, and he is a free free agent after this season, and they might want to get rid of him. And Brady is from California originally, and he would not have to deal with New England winters. So I guess that's you know a positive there. Of course, they play in a crappy soccer stadium, <laughs> and uh, the rest of the team I don't think is very good. So. There's, but there's that possibility. And then, of course, we have uh, Tampa Bay because Jameis Winston is also going to be a free agent at the end of this season. They might just decide to send him off into the sunset. And that could – I mean, they've got a couple of really good wide receivers down there. They've got, I mean, really good wide receivers. I mean, Jameis Winston is throwing for like – I think he threw for 450 yards today. Of course, it was also four touchdowns and three interceptions, which is like the most Jameis Winston thing that you could do. <laughs> <laughs> is to throw for almost 500 yards, four touchdowns, but then also cough it up three times. Yep. It's just it's just how he rolls. It's what you're dealing mm-hmm. with. So there's kind of the four that I came up with. And you mentioned Chicago. I think that's because there has been a lot of chatter about them being good. Uh, 
man, I can't come up with any others that would be like right there. Maybe there's another couple that are a year or two away, but man, yeah, why would you do it? Why would you do it? But then again, I, I'm not Tom Brady. I mean, the only other California team I can think of is L.A. Yeah, and 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 I don't see that. Yeah, because I I think Goff has still got a couple of years, even though he's taken a step yeah. back. There was one pro- one prospect where I guess that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's contract actually could be voided after this year, and hmm. it could be, and he could actually become a free agent if the team voids it, or the team could get somehow the team could get rid of him with a minimal cap hit. Because it's one of those yeah. NFL deals yeah. where they front loaded a lot of stuff, and and the the last couple of years are all like, yeah, we all know those aren't going to happen. So yeah. there is this possibility that he could, that Brady could try to swing a you know wink wink nudge nudge sort of deal like yeah if you drop him I'll come back home because I was always a fan of the 49ers and I love Joe Montana and all that stuff. Well, and and they seem to have a reasonable team in place. Yeah, but there's like a, a like under one percent chance of that actually happening. I mean, really. Because yeah. if if, yeah. if Garoppolo is anything like what they think he he was, and they handed him a butt ton of money in his contract, why would you why would you then say, hey, let's get this forty two year old guy and let's have Jim Plunkett version two happen? <laughs> let's give up a whole bunch of money and stuff and and, and get this really old guy. That'd be a, but that works so well before. But this really old guy has won six Super Bowls. It's not. It's a little different. That, granted, I mean Jim Plunkett I mean, was. You know, it, it 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 would totally be a short term play if they did that. You know, what I mean, you're 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 basically saying, yeah. we better win a few Super Bowls in the next couple of years with him. Otherwise, this is going to look like the f- most foolish move we ever made. Yeah, and uh, but the 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 fault I come up with any of this, any of it, is yeah. y- you're. It's all putting odds, you know, in your favor. Yeah, anything can happen. The Patriots were 16-0, 18-0, heading into game against the Giants, who that year, my God, weren't they like 9-7, and 10-6 or something in the regular season? They were not that fantastic. Yes. That was one of those years where it's like, Tom Coughlin is definitely going to get fired. They and, they just they caught a hot streak at the right time. And they Wayne Fonts their way to the to the Super Bowl, all of a sudden just mm-hmm. turned on the Jets. And it's like, oh, hey, wait a minute. It's, it's that sort of thing. They had one of the – they had the um, – Oh, what's his face? I am I cannot remember his name. The dude who was the head coach of the Colts, Tony Dungy. Uh, they yeah. had the, the Colts Tony Dungy run where all of a sudden they discovered, hey, we actually can stop the run. When yeah. did that happen? You haven't done it for 10 years, and all of a sudden now you do? Oh, okay. They had one of those streaks, and the Patriots were 18-1 and one at the end of the season. It, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. The, yeah. the, go back to the Rams. The Rams were the greatest show on turf. And they got beat by a team that was eleven and five with Antoine Smith and a second-year quarterback as their head co- as as their two like offensive stars. Mm-hmm. Last year, greatest show on turf part two, and <laughs> that didn't work out so well. So there's no guarantees, no guarantees. No, no there isn't. And I would have I would have laid money that that New England would have beat Philadelphia. I would have been mm-hmm. wrong. So even if even if they did get Brady. What's to say that's actually going to work out? Right, right. I mean, I, I, I look at the list of teams you put down. I mean, Pittsburgh, I think the biggest issue there is game planning. I think Tomlin, mm. um, in, in week one, I thought the Steelers were going to be a tough test for the Patriots. And I don't know what the heck game plan Tomlin came up with, but they looked awful. The same one he uses every single year. 
Yeah. I mean, I swear uh, Belichick just goes to his goes to his file cabinet. Oh yeah, playing the Steelers this week. Let me just get out last year's game plan. Same one I've used yep. now for eighteen years. Yep. <sighs> Blow the dust off it. Here you go. <laughs> and it works every damn time. Right. Right. It's crazy. Uh Tampa Bay, I just don't see. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they just feel weak overall. Only Dallas, for the receivers. That was the only reason. Yeah. D- Dallas, I I cannot see Brady playing Dallas. No. I mean, they, between Jerry Jones. I mean, Jerry and, Jones is crazy, but he ain't that stupid. And and you know well, the coach. I, I forget the coach's oh, name. He, Garrett. He's going to be fired by Garrett's gone at the end of the season. So w- what are you playing with at that point? Um, well, uh, San Diego. The thing, who, who's the coach of San Diego? Good question. I don't know. But uh, please rant. But the thing is, like the thing is, you can't discount. Now that I think about it, you can't discount crazy Jerry Jones. Like if he fired Jason Garrett, what if he hired Josh McDaniels? Damn! What if? What if? Like some sort of thing happened where he manages to let Josh Daniels know or so, I, I don't know I don't know how it happened I don't know what Josh McDaniels contract is I don't know how it would work but again you cannot underestimate cra- crazy Jerry Jones what if if he knew like hey if if I I hire this guy I've got Brady and damn that is a talented roster with a competent or even semi-competent head coach mhm holy crap but then again I mean if you fire fire Garrett and you keep Dak Prescott if you get someone who's even vaguely more competent than Jason Garrett you could probably achieve you know similar heights but who knows right right anyways yeah it's it's hard to really find a a good home for him where you you could see him being successful out of the gate yeah I think that I think the the worst well not worst because the worst is that he's just is so pissed off that he goes anywhere and he winds up oh, someplace yeah. like, uh, I mean, like Tampa or, God, he ends up like Arizona or something. I mean, any of those places where he just languishes for two, three years, and mm-hmm. you you have another situation where you're watching like John Unitas play for the Rams. You're watching uh, Joe Montana with the Chiefs, even though they, he had like one or two good years with the Chiefs. You're just watching a guy play out the string, and it's painful. Yes, yeah. I don't know that there's a best case scenario. I really don't because to me, the best case for for him to win now is still New England. Yeah, as flawed as they are, it's still the best chance you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I just don't see it across the other teams. Yeah, uh, there, there's just too much, um, too too many wild cards, too many variables with with other teams and. And and I go back to the coaching part of it. I mean, certainly, like you said, the 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 tools that he has to work with are, are going to be, um, you know, a big indicator as well. But I I really feel like if you don't have competent coaching in place, how can you have any confidence that you know you, you have the best chance of success? Yeah, you know. Yeah, because it's all it's all trying to rig the odds in your favor. You know, I mean, he's not going to go to the Ravens because I mean they're they're just rolling with who they. Oh, have. why would you get? Why would you get rid of Lamar Jackson? I mean, why? No. Why would you even consider it? You you should be run out yeah. of town on a rail for even thinking that. I mean, yeah. as much as I as much as I'm like, man, that dude's going to get hurt. I don't care how big and bad you are. Look at Cam Newton. Cam Newton is a big dude. I mean, he's like mm-hmm. what two almost two fifty. 
six yep. six like what three or four i mean that is a large human being who yeah. i mean that's that's a linebacker not a lot of good options that is like a 1970s defensive lineman coming at you yeah yeah and that dude's banged up so i mean i don't I, as much yeah. as I, I i i'm like yeah that's great for as long as it lasts dude why would you get rid of that guy i mean i can't think of anyone who really was like oh yeah let's ditch our you know franchise quarterback for a 42 going to be 43 year old player right Ugh. no anyways no. uh so I think the, I think really, and again, I've I've ranted. I'll I'll give you plenty of time on the next one because I feel like I've just talked this entire one. <laughs> no, no, no. You're but, you're fine. I, I I think it's just it's it's an interesting thought exercise, and it's it's really kind of shining a light on how few options he may he may have if he goes this route. Yeah. So, question four. Then let's turn this around. What would be the best and worst case scenarios for the Patriots for Brady leaving? Well, uh, and let's, you got Cam. You got Cam Newton. Well, uh, well, first of all, let me let me just put this in your in your thought process. Uh, the two quarterbacks besides Tom Brady who are currently on the roster are Jarrett Stidham and Cody Kessler. To which I will say, who and who? yeah. So J- uh, I believe Jarrett Stidham uh, was drafted last year. Um, yes, he was drafted in the fourth round. Uh, Cody Kessler. Uh, he has uh, banged around for a while, um, and he played most recently before the Patriots for the Browns. So the Browns were willing to let go of him. <laughs> yeah, that's... Oh, boy. <laughs> i got to tell you, that, that is not encouraging. So just starting off from uh... there, let's just say that the chances of them having a homegrown replacement right now are slim and none and... Slim just walked out of town. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so just just adding perspective, please continue with where you were heading, sir, because it's a lot better oh than where I'm gosh. at. Well, so I, I was starting to go down the road of Cam Newton. You know, par- the, the Panthers are going through some changes, but but Newton, um, he, he's a bit injury prone at this point. Yeah, and this actually, so this um, kind of comes from an article, and I'll link this in the show notes, that the big lead put out of five potential Tom Brady replacements. Yeah. Yeah, and and so uh, Newton was ranked number two or listed as number two. Uh, Philip Uncle Rico Rivers. Yes. Um, oh. I, I I cannot watch him throw the ball. Him and his it eighteen so kids are going to move to New England. It'll be great. Sweet Moses. Um, I I mean again, you're you're trading an older an old quarterback for another old quarterback. Yeah. You know, I I just don't see that. That that just doesn't make sense. Um. Uh, number four was Jameis Winston. I oh, Belichick would love him. You think? Oh yeah, he would just love the swings between like, oh my gosh, he's awesome. <laughs> to what in the hell is he doing? And he's coughing up the ball three times. And oh, Belichick loves that sort of thing. He loves the drama. Loves it. Oh yeah, he yeah he does. He 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 loves it right out of town. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, he does. I, I, um, I think we uh, we just need to get Jameis going, and you know, and then after that, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna duck, do your job. I'm just gonna duct tape him to a chair, and that way, it's the safest thing job. for the whole team. Is if he just doesn't even come out of the training room. I think do that's the best way to go. Your, <laughs> yeah, <job. laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're just gonna replace him with a robot. We're gonna replace him from uh, Bender from Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that's fantastic. And of course, then the one, another one that they mentioned was Colin Kaepernick, which... Kaepernick, who's out there. I, I, I mean, um, he's an option, but at the same time, I can't see Belichick going, hey, I just, you know, the, the greatest quarterback of all time left. I'm going to pick up a guy who hasn't even taken an NFL snap in a couple of years. And that's not, we're not going into the reasons why he hasn't taken an NFL snap. Let's just say he just has not played in the game. I can't see him. I could see him more. I could see him working him out, you know, kind of doing the Tebow yeah. thing. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe even as but, a as a second stringer, if you're if you're really gonna roll the dice, he would he would essentially go with he would go with the Yahtzee Cup method of like mm-hmm. I'm just gonna put a bunch of stuff in here, shake it up, and see what happens. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe. Um, I was looking at. You, um, do you remember what number sorry, five I, is? Yes, I. That's the one I was reading because I hadn't read the caption for it yet. Was was Eli oh. Manning, which would would really be hard a very hard pill to swallow for me no you you know what you you think the patriots fans are going crazy now eli manning gets signed signed oh my gosh it's pitchforks and torches times ladies and gentlemen is it's it's a march on on foxborough that's right oh my gosh oh that's just awful i can't even imagine um i I don't know glenn ordway would lose his mind which actually i'm kind of rooting for this now (laughs) You just want to see the chaos. I do. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. Like you mentioned, though, I think it'd be interesting if they were to bring back Jacoby Brissett. I mean, he's he stepped in, mm. um, was it a season or two seasons ago when Brady was on the, uh, on the four-game suspension? And, yeah. Um, and uh, he, he did a serviceable job. I, so. I liked him. He, you know, because, again, that, that was a situation where you had the four games, so you had you had Garoppolo started the first game and the second game. He got hurt midway through the second game. Brissett came in, and then Brissett started the third game, and then he broke his thumb, or he he really messed up his thumb on his throwing hand. Right. <laughs> and and they were trying to see who was going to go, and Garoppolo basically said, "Oh, I can't play for the fourth game." Like just took himself out, and Brissett went out there, and really could not really throw the ball. But yeah. he went out there and did it. And to me, that was that's always one of those things that I'm like, that's the guy I want on my team. Garoppolo might be great and all that, but you know what? I would rather have Brissett in those set of circumstances. He might be more limited. He might not be as great of a passer, but that says something to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I would love it. And he's a, he is a free agent after this season. Okay. And okay. that would be, I mean, I, I wouldn't balk at that at all. There's some other no. free agents. Uh, you've already gone over Rivers, who is a free agent. Jameis Winston, who is a free agent. Dak Prescott, who is a free agent. But again, mm-hmm. the Cowboys would be insane. Insane. Yeah. Dude's oh, yeah. 26, yeah. And, and I mean, he is so good. Good Lord. Again, you can't rule out crazy Jerry Jones. Uh, what do you think about Flacco? <laughs> I'm just going through the list of quarterbacks. I saw his name, and I'm like, huh, oh, interesting. <laughs> Let's just make this an SAT question, shall we? <laughs> Joe Flacco oh, is to God. Roman Reigns. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> I oh, dislike I Flacco I on a genetic again. level. There's something about him that just <laughs> pisses me off. I don't know why. I just don't like I, – I know. I'm – any, any. The thing is, like, folks, this is one of those. I, he's one of I those. I gotta stop you for a second. I, I have perfected the technique of triggering this man. <laughs> I, I just throw it out there and, just and, I, and just let him go. <laughs> Please like, continue. It's like fly fishing. 
reel it in. No, he he's any of these guys who are like, oh, his great arm strength, arm strength, arm strength, arm strength. You know what? Jeff George. <laughs> how many oh, Super Bowl rings? Name. <laughs> how many Super Bowls Jeff got in his in his uh in his trophy oh, case? That's fantastic. Yeah. So, like that was always his big calling card is is arm strength and oh wow and all. You know what? How's he been doing? Not good. Uh-huh. No, I'm I'm all set with Joe Flacco. No, okay. no thanks. I'm just checking. Just checking. Yeah, I'm all set. I don't I don't think there is. Again, I mean, and the thing is, it's it's again, it's that high standard, like you had mentioned before. Yeah. There is such a yeah. high standard, and I've said it before. When when whenever Belichick or Brady retires, the next person into those spots, <laughs> good luck, dude. I mean, yeah, you've got impossible well, shoes to fill. You almost just need to say, like, for a year or two, it's going to suck because everyone's going to be expecting the same thing. Right, and and similar to what I was saying about you know wherever Brady goes and and the coaching and all that, now. You know, it's it's kind of flipping us on its on its head now, which is for the Patriots and and for Belichick, assuming you know he's he's the coach in play here, um, is someone who fits the system. I mean, he he's very much a system oriented guy, and mm. and you know we talked again going back to the very first you know episode of this podcast, we we talked about um, or no, I'm sorry, not the first episode. We we did one about the NFL in general, yeah. And, and I think I I talked about how. With Belichick, he has um, both at the professional and at the collegiate level, um, basically cultivated a network of of different coaches and people who understand the qualities that he is looking for in a player, mm-hmm. and, and that's how they came upon Brady. Yeah, you know that that Brady was just this uh, on paper not very impressive player, and but to Belichick he was gold, and um, and it was. Uh, you know, a big deal for them to land him, and it, and he turned out to pay dividends for them. So I, I don't doubt that from a drafting perspective um, they could potentially find a young talent, but, I mean, that's not someone you want to plug in, you know, as, as a starter right away. I think, you know, you try to land someone, um, maybe one of these players, to kind of um, Bowie the team um, and, and you know, try to cultivate. I, I really feel like they, they missed a timing window with Garoppolo. I, it, mm. it, it really stinks that Garoppolo couldn't have been a couple years after when he came in, like if he was with them now, then then I think it, it'd be a clear line of succession at that point. Well, and this is the problem. Um, this has been the problem with the Patriots. And, well, the, the good thing and the bad thing. So Brady has, I think, the same effect as almost like the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Dodgers have when they're dealing with players. They, they can wash things away with the money hose. They can, they can make players go away. You had uh, Julio Lugo, who the, the Red Sox signed to, to drag a skeleton out of the closet. They basically paid him to go away. They, they paid Edgar Renteria to go away. They've paid yeah. multiple guys to go away and just essentially yeah. paid them to play for another team. They can just do that because they have more money than other players, um, other right. teams. Yeah. With the Patriots, they've had Tom Brady who has been an equalizer. So what that's meant for the quarterback position is that for 19 years now, they've been able to draft other guys, keep them on the roster for a couple of years, and then turn them over for a better pick than what they used to select the guy. They've been able yeah. to, it's almost like an investment portfolio where they turn it over. It's like a, it's like a savings bond or a, like a CD yeah. or something that you just turn over every couple of years and you collect the interest and you just turn over another one. 
And they've right. done that. They did that with Ryan Mallett. They did it with Garoppolo. They did it with Hoyer. They did it with uh, I mean, a couple other guys because they've just yeah. known Brady's going to be there. What was that? What was the guy who started for him the year that Brady went down? I can never remember his damn name. Oh, because he ended up going to KC afterwards. I think he went to Minnesota to and KC, I believe. Um, yeah. But anyway, so he. But they've done it over oh, and over and over and over again. It's paid dividends for them. The problem is they've also used that as an excuse for laziness. The Patriots, with the exception of Jesse Edelman. And Matt Rob Castle, Matt Castle, Matt thank you, Castle. Yes, I, I believe they franchised him, and then they got a really good pick for him when he went to was it Minnesota? No, he went to KC first, and then Minnesota, I think. Signed a sixty-three million dollar deal, twenty-eight million guaranteed with the Kansas City Chiefs in two thousand nine. I hope he still sends Bill Belichick Christmas cards because he, <laughs> he ought to be sending him that and a Hillshire Farm gift pack because it is the season for giving. That's that made him a lot of cashish right there. And he wasn't worth it because, look, where was he doing now? His lawn, probably. Well, I was going to say that that or real estate. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, so, but seems but like a lot of these guys do. It's made him lazy in other areas, yeah. with the exception of Jesse Edelman and Rob Gronkowski. They have Julian. not managed to. Did I say Jesse? You said Jesse. Son again. of a mother! Hey, what's up, Jesse? Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to pretend I'm giving shout-outs to, to someone I knew in high school. You you should just drop an audio clip of, like, Uncle Jesse from Full House or something like that when you do. I was thinking Uncle Jesse from Dukes of Hazard. so. Oh, him too, him too. <laughs> I'll get Roscoe in there as well. Cooter, the most – oh, my gosh. Anyway, sorry, took us off topic. Keep going. Horrible. But anyway, it's made him lazy. With the exception of Edelman, yeah. I'm not even going to mention his first name anymore, Edelman and Gronkowski, <laughs> they have not managed to draft and develop – well, and, and Hernandez. Let's, but that was short-lived and for good reason, and let's just try and forget that ever happened. Yeah. They really have not managed to draft and develop receivers whatsoever. Right. Since those two, I mean, over the past 10 years, just nothing really has has right. stuck. Nobody. Nobody. And, they, I mean, they, they, they've they signed Amendola. They've had a couple guys come along that you thought, well, maybe they're going to. No, nothing. The running backs? Uh, Lawrence Maroney? Yeah, that worked yeah. out real well. Uh, Sony Michelle, jury's still out because the offensive line sucks, so it's tough to yeah. judge. But... Aside from him, James White. James White, but that's he's a he's a, a he's a third down back plus. Like he he's he's not a guy who's going to get a thousand yards for you. He's better than just a third down back though. So he you can kind of lean on him, but I don't know that you can you can really count him as like yes we have found and I know that running backs aren't as valued in the NFL as they used to be. But what I'm just trying to say is they haven't found like. Okay, that's your step down. Like, James White is the best guy that you've got. And then after that, it's a mixture of Sony Michelle, Brandon Bolin, right. and Brandon Bolden, and a couple other guys that, uh, and Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's what you're talking about. That's, so it's not like you have this success rate. They've managed to draft some great defensive players. They've gotten some good offensive linemen. They have not been able to produce other offensive skill position players. Mm -hmm. 
And the reason it hasn't come back to bite him in the butt is, well, we can sign a couple guys here and we can make a few guys here work because Brady can work with most anybody. Yeah. And this is part of the reason why I think Brady is pissed off. This is kind of the second time that they've, in a way, kind of left him out to dry. Like, remember back in the Richet-Caldwell year? Yeah. That was so horrific that Belichick went out and got Randy Moss and Wes Welker as like a thank you, as like a, a please, you know, please forgive me present. <laughs> like, a, like a husband. I'm sorry. Like a husband who's really effed up with his wife and goes out and buys yeah. like flowers and jewelry. Mm-hmm. That was it. This is the same thing again. Yeah. And. He yeah. tried to do it mid-season with Antonio Brown, and well, <laughs> you you can find those jerseys pretty cheap right now. So you uh, <laughs> seriously, you can probably find them at five dollars at the discount store right now. Game worn, as a matter of fact. And uh, so, oh wait, no, you can't find. Never mind. Uh, anyways, practice worn, um, kind of. So uh, I'm not sure he really even broke a sweat. So uh, <laughs> you you've hit this point where they've been lazy in drafting. So this is why I can't right. necessarily right. go, well, they'll draft a quarterback. Yeah. <sighs> no, that's fair. I'm a little nervous about that. Even though they had success with Garoppolo and Brissett, that makes me feel good, but uh, it, it makes me a little nervous too. Yeah. Anyway. So roundabout worst case way. scenario, Joe Roman Reigns Flacco, best case <laughs> scenario. Uh, Don't do that to me. Uh, Newton. You know what? I would say um, – Gosh. I think Newton's the as injury prone as he is. I think Newton may be the the the, the better veteran pick right now, given that list that we were looking at. No, I mean if no if if God, I'm, I hate saying this. I really hate Uh-oh. saying this because he's on my freaking fantasy team, and I just I I can't stand the guy just because of that. Are you serious about Winston? Yes. Come on now. Yeah, as as my, oh, good because Lord. you know what. <sighs> You, you're dealing with a guy who's going to have wild swings but seems somewhat durable as opposed to a guy who, let's face it, man, when running quarterbacks start going downhill and getting busted up, they don't all of a sudden feel better. They don't. No, no, when but, Randall's but Cunningham throw. Like, well, yeah, but that's great. But he's primarily relied on his legs, and that's that's a huge part of his game. And, I mean, unless – I mean, maybe – again, maybe he turns into Randall Cunningham 2.0 where – when mm-hmm. Randall couldn't run quite as much as he could, all of a sudden he developed into like this massive passer. But again, who knows? I, I, man, that that's a, un- okay. I would go with Cam Newton if you could get him for like dirt cheap, dirt. Which I think they could. Cheap. I don't know if I you think could, they could though, man, because there's a shortage of quarterbacks. There really is. There's not yeah. that many great quarterbacks in the NFL. I bet someone else would, would but... drive up the price. You don't think Newton would want to go play for the Patriots? Oh, I think he would. But again, everybody so. wants to get paid, too. I mean, and, and I can't knock these guys for wanting to get paid because with the exception mm-hmm. of Brady, what's your shelf life in this league? Well, yeah, fair enough. Uh, you know, I, I think Winston is probably the guy that you could get. And with Belichick maybe thinking, well, I'm just going to lock him in a room with, with Josh <laughs> and hope to God that something happens. I don't know. I don't know. I, so your 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 best is going to be Winston. Well, my best will be Newton. no. My dream we'll scenario, see. my dream scenario would be Brissett. If if Brady were to retire, oh, that's that's place, true. I would love to see Brissett come back because I think yeah. he definitely wouldn't do the same things as Brady. But he's shown in Indy that he can play. He can play. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. I would love to see him come back. But after that, uh, it's a grab bag, dude. It really is. It is. It is. So there we go. There we have it, folks. We have resolved absolutely nothing. 
as usual. And- Todd's got a little bit of a of of, of a working out of issues uh, to some degree with Joe Flacco. I I, uh. I do feel a little bit better. I do feel this is this is helpful to me. This is this is great. You know, if I can get you to say the phrase, "I hate this person on a genetic level," I know I've. <laughs> We now have two shows of that. Well, I love it. That's just my way of saying, like, I have no good explanation of why. I'm sure they're a lovely person, but there's just something, like, in the, in the chromosomes that... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. I wish I could explain it. I'm sure Joe Flacco is a wonderful guy. And uh, I'm sure he is, A too. beautiful singer and, you know, gives to... You know, to, you know, presents to orphans at Christmas and all. I'm, I'm sure, but I just... Good Lord, I don't want to see him play for my football team. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't. All right. Well, then let's move on to and another thing. And another thing. So, sir, what you got for us here uh, in this time of uh, recommendations? Uh, actually, I feel this is apropos given the uh, subject matter of, of, of this episode. All right. Uh, I have been reading. This This goes into the Wayback Machine a little bit uh, because this, this book came out a long time ago, I think in 2001. Of course, I should have done my research and I didn't. Um, oh, good Lord. Michael we have Lewis, listeners who ha- weren't even born back then. Well, you know. No, we don't. But uh, Michael Lewis wrote a book called Moneyball uh, and it was, it, it was eventually developed into a movie uh, that Brad Pitt was in. But, but basically it was written kind of in the early 2000s and was meant to um, oh, uh, 2003, sorry, is when it came out, where he describes uh, the, the system that Billy Bean, who is general manager of the Oakland Athletics uh, baseball organization, um, utilized to draft or not just draft, but to obtain players um, for the athletics roster, given the shoestring budget he was on and how he broke, um, basically broke a lot of old baseball paradigms and kind of hokey pokey rules that they used to kind of run with in terms of assessing ball players Mm -hmm. and really break it down into numbers um you know getting into things like the on base percentage the slugging percentages being the you know kind of kind of the uh the the earmarks for hitters um breaking down the game into um it's not about um the home runs that a player hits it's about how often he gets on base Um, and, and all of that. And so it's a very, very interesting read. You know, again, probably a bit past its time, given that I think a, a fair number of organizations today are, are utilizing this approach, making it more data-driven mm-hmm. uh, than, than based on uh, Freddie, the baseball uh, scout from 1950, who, you know, <laughs> likes how a certain player looks. Um, you know, it, it, He's it, got it big right, calves, it, I tell you. That's <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get a first baseman with... Big calves. That's going to take you to the World Series, I tell you. That's right. That's right. Chomping on a cigar and spitting, you know, sunflower seeds everywhere. He's got a small limp, but it's something we can work with. <laughs> you know, something like that. You know? He's a, he's a little <laughs> stiff up the plate, but you know, it, it'll all work out. Oh, maybe not Shinsuke Nakamura stiff. But, we'll you know, work with him. We'll work with him. We'll 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 work with it. Um, but uh, but you know, just just kind of uh, as someone who. Uh, you know, as an engineer who works in, in software, you know, n- numbers do come into play. And so it was interesting to kind of see how, uh, you know, they, they developed this approach, um, you, you know, just, just through the various, you know, ways that they, that they started assessing ball players and how it, there, there became a rhyme and reason for it. And, uh, and, and just, it's just a very interesting story. So I'm on the tail end of it. I just, uh, Thought I would bring that out. Uh, it's a book. Uh, the movie is excellent, too. I mean, I mean, I think they did a really nice job translating what was really kind of a book about 
baseball statistics and assessing players and turned it into a pretty entertaining movie. Yeah, um, definitely. To, to explain it. I, I, I watched that movie. I actually watched it with my wife, who does not is not even close to being a sports person. Like only yeah. peripherally involved that there is this thing called sports in this world. And yep. she enjoyed yep. the movie. Nice. And I think she nice. I think she actually got I think she actually had a really good grasp of the concepts that were going on. And I think they did a yep. really good I a really good job of of being able to to walk that line of hey, here's stuff for the hardcore sports geeks and here's a really simplified narrative that or not simplified, but here's a way that we can kind of get this narrative to also tell that story so it works on two yeah. kind of levels. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And and I mean it was by the same people who did the um social network movie as well, which oh, which okay. I think was a really good way of of taking that whole story and making it, you know, flipping it into a story that was that was interesting. I think Aaron Sorkin wrote both of those and um and and yeah, just did a very good job with it. Nice. So that's my end. Another thing is is Moneyball and and using numbers instead of your gut feeling. Yes, which you know, I guess it kind of works out. I mean, the Oakland A's are still working. We're waiting for their first World Series. They're still working at it. Still working at it. What is your end? Another thing. Seth? Well, my another thing is uh, it's a another musical recommendation, um, and this is one that's it's kind of near and dear to my heart because this is a band. I have often said this, that if there were any justice and taste in the world, and I kind of, I use that very sarcastically because I think there is a lot of justice and taste in the world. But if the music industry would actually kind of work the way that I think that a lot of people wish it would work, where you would get a lot of interesting things bubbling to the top instead of kind of the same crap that just kind of, you know, the scum also rises kind of mentality that this band would have been one of the biggest in the world. Uh, so the the band is called Rustic Overtones. They are a band from Maine, and they have been around since 1993. They had a heyday of 1993 to 2002, and at which point they went on indefinite hiatus. Uh, they then came back in 2007, and they have been playing uh, up until now. They actually had gigs this weekend, and they actually re- nice. they released an album over... Uh, thanksgiving weekend on black friday and it is an album called self-titled not rustic overtones it is self-titled is the title of the album and nice. it is uh, a bittersweet uh album because it was kind of uh the driving creative force and one of the the kind of the glue that held the band together was their trombone player dave noise who passed away unexpectedly this past year and oh. he had really kind of masterminded this and it was carried through as like his vision. This was his kind of creative wow. vision for this album. And so the release of this album was uh, a bit of a bittersweet thing for the members of the band and, and for fans because um, it was an interesting thing. Uh, after he passed away, the band uh, held a, there was a tribute concert which is kind of an unusual thing for the trombone player of a band to be, to have his own like tribute concert. But he was a huge figure in the Portland music scene and they held it at the state theater in Maine, which seats about 12, 1300 people. And it was, if it wasn't sold out, it was damn close. And they had uh, a bunch of different bands that he had played with people from rustic overtones. It was actually the first full kind of reunion of the, well, not original because Dave wasn't there but the remaining original members of Rustic Overtones playing on stage together. 
and they did a lot of songs that were not like they weren't their greatest hits it was the songs that dave liked which was really kind of cool so it was kind of the weirder songs nice. you know and that's cool that's cool. so it was this big thing and they donated all that money to his wife and at the time his uh he his his wife was pregnant and uh so they were they gave all that money from that show then there was actually a an after show at another venue uh in town and that money was donated and they're they're re-releasing on vinyl um one of their seminal albums called rooms by the hour on vinyl it's a double vinyl special set and oh, all nice. of that money is going to his family as well. So uh, hopefully, all of this is going to set up his his uh, his son and his wife uh, for for yeah. the future. But this album is uh, self titled. Going back to that now, and I'm rambling, but this album is amazing. One of the things I've always loved about this band is that they can have so many different genres and styles on one album, and they all coexist. It all works. Mm-hmm. Nice. And this is no exception. It is not a typical. I, I I just can't describe it. You have to listen to it. You have to listen to it. It mm-hmm. is so amazing of an album. You can actually get a lot of the emotion that the band was going through. They have some, uh, like the the second track is uh, Shirt. Uh, shirt. It's a track called Black Shirt, which is kind of very rustic overtones. Like, hey, yeah, this is like a song that everybody can kind of shout out and, and sing at concerts. And then there's a lot of other stuff that's like, this is really cool, but what is it? And you don't, you can't really tell, but it's like, just shut up and listen to it. It's awesome is what it is. It is awesome music. Just stop trying to put it into a box and you'll be fine. So my recommendation to anybody within the sound of my voice is to go and, and download this album, get it on CD, find it anywhere you can, stream it, and then go buy it. It is amazing. It is a great album. Nice. Uh, my favorite track right now, and this will probably shift this week as I'm listening to it again, is uh, one of the tracks called Noir, which uh, I actually found out from posting on Facebook, one of the guys in the band, uh, Dave Gutter, who is the lead singer and also one of my favorite lyricists of all time. He wrote that it was a recording that they made as a demo in their in oh. their practice space with one mic. And they got everything with it. And then they had to double horns because the they were a little soft. And then he just dubbed the vocals over the top of it. And it's so wow. raw, but it is, it's beautiful. Yeah. The whole album is just amazing. And there's actually some clips of, uh, of Dave Noyes kind of playing and talking on it. And it's, it's kind of cool. It's really cool. But it's not like a dark kind of maudlin sort of thing. But it is a, it yeah. is a fitting tribute to someone who is very well respected and well loved in the, uh, in the Portland, Maine music scene. Very cool. I'll check it yeah. out. I, I, it's, it's amazing. I, I can't recommend Very it. Very cool. So uh, we've nice. now come to the end of our time, and we have been trying to work this down a little bit, so hopefully this is a little bit more of a listenable length. Uh, but this is the part of the show where now we've, we've kind of tied everything up, and we're just, we just need to put the bow. We've got, we've got the string kind of set. We've, we've managed to, to get this uh, ugly sort of parcel that is our show into some sort of cohesive ball or box. And now we just need to put the bow on it. We need to get the little pretty piece that's going to make it all work. We need to deliver kind of the benediction of what we have been trying to get across this whole time. And when it comes to something like this, you don't want some numbnut like me trying to do it because I will just (laughs) ramble as I am in the introduction to this. So what I try to do is I, I say, Tim, here's the baton. Run with it, my man. So as usual, getting the last word for the show I give you Tim. 
Well, I will end us on this. For the Patriots, get off your rear ends and start thinking about the future. For goodness sakes, Brady ain't getting any younger. For Brady, there is no place to go. Just stay. Would you just stay and retire with him, please? Let's, let's, let's not make this worse than it needs to be. And to the fan base in New England and Boston, chill, baby. Chill. And as always, hit the lights on the way. That's right. That's it for all week. Good drink. I beg your pardon. What did you say? Damn! You're such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. Get out. I don't come back until you redeemed yourselves. So say we all. Okay, we are. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Damn!